1: To week eight of Solo Ship. I'm Scroll Patrol. I'm joined by JM to win from one week season. Uh, JM, last week, it looked like Lamar Jackson broke the slate in the early games, and then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs <laughs> just came back in the in the afternoon game. So, well, we'll, we'll show you something. Um, how was your week seven?
2: Um, probably not as good as your week seven. I don't know. How was your week seven? It was,
1: actually, I, I didn't win money, <laughs> uh, but it was one of those things where I was like just down a little bit and I, I just didn't hit on uh, like a tournament win, but I was like close enough that like if we replay that week a bunch of times, I'll win money you know when I win and you know I'll win tournaments enough to like to pay off the week I think i was I was like second in two king of the beach qualifiers and one FanDuel <laughs> uh live final qualifier, you know, but you, when you're second place in those things, it always sticks out. But you're never looking when you're in first to see like who is in second or
2: how far. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To Every time you're in first, somebody else has the same story that you have of like, yeah, you barely yeah. finish second. Uh, no, yeah, I I felt similar in that if we could have played out the slate a hundred times, I probably would have come out ahead. I did have, I mean, I had thirty percent of my money tied up in Deshaun Watson, so um, negative 0.8 points set me behind. But it just takes one roster, right? And I had um, highest owned running back was Jerome Ford, second highest owned was Deontay Foreman. Uh, about twenty percent of my rosters were Mahomes and Lamar, so yeah, I had the pieces. I, I actually finished way down last week, but um, didn't feel bad about the week. Didn't miss any pieces. that just didn't, you know, didn't come together.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so on to this week. We actually have more games. We have thirteen games. Um, that you know that kind of reduces ownership everywhere. Um, the first thing that stuck out to me was we've got six teams with an implied point total over twenty-four. Uh, in descending order, it's uh, Miami, Dallas, Kansas City, Baltimore, the Eagles, and uh, and the 49ers. And each, uh, each one of those teams plays a team with a point total below 20. Uh, so kind of similar games and situations across the board. Uh, a bunch of those quarterbacks are guys that I'm interested in, uh, maybe for for different reasons. Um, a bunch of them are, are rushing quarterbacks uh, and... I'm having a difficult time, like kind of parsing through each of them, deciding who I like more.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I, um you know, for me, obviously for quarterback, like scoring potential is, is a big part of things for other positions. It's less just because you also want to think about price. You want to think about um, how concentrated the offense are is you want to think about like volume on the offense and uh, all these different factors. So yeah, it's an interesting week in that we've got those games with the the higher implied totals, the large spreads. But um, there's also like plenty of other games that stand out, you know. So yeah, from a quarterback perspective, Hertz, Mahomes, Lamar definitely on my list. Uh, Sam Darnold on my list. I think he'll be an interesting guy for you and me to talk about. But also uh, Sam Howell against in that in that game against Hertz, uh, Desmond Ritter, who once again nobody's gonna play. Uh, Mac Jones even Derek Carr like there's some different places you can go at quarterback this week as well so um, I'd be curious your thoughts on Dak Prescott who's you know getting steamed up in terms of projections ownership projections Um, not a guy I'm on myself but then I'm like do I need to get a little bit of Dak Prescott you know it's like he's not on a team that doesn't like to throw the ball so what we're betting on the Rams keeping this game close but nobody's wanting to play Rams pieces what's your take there?
1: interesting. So it was two weeks ago. Um, I did with like 11 a.m. show with Blender, and he mentioned Desmond Ritter. I'm like, oh, I'm totally off him. Uh, and then like you mentioned Desmond Ritter, and then Desmond Ritter was in the the Millie Maker winning line. Um, this week, I put Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb down as the stack I, I'm going to be most underweight on on the expert survey. Do the 11 a.m. show with Blender. He's like, what do you think about Zach Prescott? <laughs> you know, and and then you know, and then you mentioned him again. I, I I he was somebody I wasn't high on. But I could see it. It, it. like i I know like you don't like factor in ownership that much. Like for my large field play, I'd be interested in Dak if he's low owned, if he's high owned, I probably don't want to be there. Like, I, but it's 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 really hard to figure out what the field will think of him and and like how many people are going to put him into their rosters. Um, it's of the the high point total teams, I was thinking it would be the one that I'm maybe least interested in. I think like Tony Pollard is going to get a lot of ownership. But I can see that, and I think especially on Fanduel, like Pollard is way too cheap. Um, and but and that's like probably how I would play that game. But then if everyone's just playing Tony Pollard, Dallas is just sitting there with a the 26 implied point total, you know, one of the highest on the week. Um, and like everybody's just playing Pollard and nobody's playing Dak Prescott. Well, then maybe I should be playing Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb instead of Tony Pollard. So I don't know. I'm probably going to be at or under the field on it, um, but it, it could be. Who comes back to bite
2: yeah there's certain there's certain times where Keenan Allen last week and he's coming in at like 20 projected ownership against a Kansas City team that he hadn't topped 21 DraftKings points against in like five years and a defense that's like at the best they've been at in five years and you see him projected at 20 owned and and then to me I'm just like okay there's an edge that I have this week is like none of zero percent of my rosters will have Keenan Allen 20 of the field rosters will have Keenan Allen and I'm going to outscore that 20% with how I'm spending my salary. Um, and then there's the situations like Dak where it's like, I don't want to play him and I don't want to just jump on him because like the field is higher on him than I am. But then I'm also like, like it, like even before I looked at ownership or anything, um, I was kind of back and forth like, Oh, Dak and CD lamb, you know? And it's just, it's a, it's an, it's a passing attack I never play because fundamentally they don't want to be pass heavy fundamentally, they're typically going to have 30 or fewer pass attempts, but then again, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, maybe CJ Stroud this week and he's probably going to have 30 pass attempts. So, uh, yeah, Dak's an interesting one to me. Um, and probably one, it's one of those situations where I'll probably add some ownership on my end because he's grabbing ownership, right? So, I'll still be underweight in the field, but like, I'll go from zero percent Dak to like six percent Dak because maybe I'm just wrong on that. Like, Keenan Allen last week was like, cool everybody's wrong on this more often than not. And so I'll just take that edge. Dak, it's like, hey, maybe I'm wrong on this or maybe the field is going to be right more often than I'm giving it credit for. So yeah, that, that's an interesting one to me this week.
1: I Actually, I know exactly how I'm going to handle it. I'm going I'm to be at or, you know, I'm going to try to be at the field in multi-entry on Dak Prescott stacks. And I'm probably not going to play him in single entry. Like, he's not somebody I want to be sitting there with one of my high-dollar qualifiers, like, sweating. Like, can Dak Prescott break the slate? Uh, but he's somebody that, he does break the slate, you yeah, know, I want to be able to follow, you know, a few teams in the, the Millie Maker or the Slant or whatever. Like, in my 150-entry build, I'll have some Dak Prescott. I'm probably not going to play him in single entry. Uh, just and, and I'm just not going to worry about the ownership. Like, yeah, he could be, like, 8 10% owned this week. It could be like two, 3% owned. I don't know. I'm just going to claim it like 5%, 5% of my multi-injury rosters. And that's, that's probably it. I, I think the guys, like if I'm you know spending up, I think the guys that I'm more interested in are Lamar and Jalen hurts. They're in pretty similar situations, at least in my mind, and even like Patrick Mahomes, it's all kind of similar. They'll have like some rushing upside, probably Lamar, then hurts and then Mahomes you know, much less now. Um uh, They've got the expensive receivers at least. We, well, I guess uh, you know, Kelsey's expensive and AJ Brown's expensive. Um, Zay Flower is not as expensive, but you're almost like paying in probably pretty high ownership. Um, uh, and you know, they're all playing team playing in games that could be blowouts, um, could be close, you know, could be the highest scoring team game of the slate, or not, or it could be a blowout, you know, when we're just looking at these Gus Edwards touchdowns, shaking our heads with our Lamar Jackson rosters.
2: Yeah. Did you know that Gus Edwards uh, is his best draft score of his career is 22.5. Um, he's like it's such a frustrating player because he can't like, he's not useful in DFS himself, but he just takes away points from uh, guys who would be useful for us. Uh, yeah. All, all three of those quarterbacks kind of in a similar, similar setup. I think that Hertz is the most attractive to me because of how aggressive that, um You know, of of these three defenses, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, all three teams have good defenses, but Philadelphia is the least good of the bunch this year, and you cannot run against Philadelphia. And then, you know, the Philadelphians, you know what their opponent pass play rate is this year? 70.2%. So basically, like, the average quarterback against Philadelphia throws more than the highest throwing quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you can't run against him, And then Washington's already third in the NFL in pass rate over expectation. So that creates that opportunity for Washington to keep it close and Hertz have to keep throwing deeper into the game. That's likelier that like if Kansas city, Denver is close, it's probably not because Denver's putting up a bunch of points. It's probably because Kansas city's not. Um, if Baltimore, Arizona is close, maybe Kyler comes back and looks really good in his first game, but that seems low likelihood that he would be able to just like keep Arizona in this. So it's probably because Baltimore is underwhelming as opposed to Arizona's keeping it close. Whereas Washington could keep it close. So Hertz kind of stands out to me the most out of that bunch, but I like, I like all three for sure.
1: All right. Uh, and then uh, we should probably talk about Miami. Um, Cause they're a team with a high implied point total. I think everybody wants to play Tyreek Hill. Nobody wants to play Tua. Uh, we just got word. I think right before the show, like it looks like Raheem Mostert is going to play. Um, you know, I like my Dolphins. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually wondering even if, if it could be a Jeff Wilson week. Like, can I sneak him in on a roster? We, you know, people were thinking about it a few weeks ago when he, when he came back. I mean, it was just two weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, he's like near near minimum price. And then he ended up not coming back uh, this week. I'm thinking about it. he's like, I think more off people's radars. Uh, but he's, you know, presumably a, a couple more weeks removed from injury. Um, any interest in the Dolphins? Like, do you think you'll get there?
2: I probably won't. Um, and I'll be fine with, you know, I'll be fine not having Tyree Kill. I'll, I'll, I expect to have 0% Tyree Kill. I'll, I'll say why here in just a moment. But um, if he hits for 30, it's not going to kill me. And what kills me is if he goes for like 38 or 40 points, um, or if he goes for 30 and like nobody else on the slate does, but that, that seems pretty low likelihood. Um, so this year, this is the list of, like marquee players, the Patriots have faced uh, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Devonte Adams, and Stefan Diggs. Every single one of them has disappointed. So, um, to me, just you know, even though the Patriots can give up points and their DVOA ratings are low and all that, it's like they're not going to typically let just tons of volume concentrate on one player. So. Uh, the fact that Hill can score from anywhere on the field makes him a player that, like, I can look at that data point and I'm also not going to try to talk anyone off of Tyree Kill. If somebody's like, I'm playing 40% Tyree Kill, I'll be like, cool. Like, that that could end up being sharp. Um, but, like, in a sense of he could score 30. I just have a hard time seeing him burying me for not having him. And so I'm going to try to chase players who I think could bury the field for the field not having them.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I'd think said. Earlier in the year, when I made my Dolphin statement, you know, I think they're a transformative offense. I said, I, you know, I think I want to be over the field on them every single week. And then I started thinking, is like, well, they're going to have games against, like, the Bills, the Jets, the Patriots. Like, that's, those aren't the worst defenses. So maybe I don't want to be over the field, like, in these, like, divisional games. But I could see it going either way. <laughs> I, I yeah. You know, that's, like, they're the team I would be most afraid of being underweight on. So I might just not take on that fear. <laughs> you yeah. know I mean? uh, and I, I would be surprised if I'm not using a good amount of Tyree no. kill
2: like uh, Especially might be like, in Miami, like they're going to have a better bet of, Patriots have struggled in Miami for all of Belichick's tenure. So uh, definitely going to have a better bet of putting up that big game in Miami for sure.
1: So one last game that we uh, didn't uh, touch on and, you know, we say we would get to it. Like the Cincinnati San Francisco game, I actually kind of added that on to my list of the uh, initial teams like, on purpose because I think it's a game we have to talk about. Uh, it looks like Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback. I think there's still some uncertainty there, but I think nobody's like gotten out of the concussion protocol within one week, so it's probably going to be Darnold. Um, and I'm like more interested in Cincinnati than I usually am, um, and I'm more interested in, in both sides of this game because I can see it having a pretty wide range of outcomes. I don't think we know what to expect from Sam Darnold, and it could be short field for the Bengals, which might be good for Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, or Darnold could be, you know, he's the number two pick from the draft from a few years ago. Um, what if he's, like, pretty good? And, you know, like, you know, we saw this kind of with Geno Smith, another ex-Jets uh, quarterback. But, you know, where, yeah, it, it took him a few years as a backup, and then he got in the game, and we thought, oh, Geno Smith's terrible, and he, he wasn't so bad. Um, you know, and he's still the starter there in in Seattle. Uh, so what if this game kind of goes over its total by a lot? Like San Francisco is one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and what if what if we're basically getting Brock Purdy for fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars
2: cheaper? Yeah, no, that's how I'm looking at it. And I I was I said earlier today on one of my shows that the ownership projections that on OWS currently have Darnold at like 10%. And if he is 10%, 10%, 11, 12, I would expect him to be like Seventeen percent in the game changer, which is the the fifteen hundred dollar single entry, um just because like what that does for your roster, right? Like what that opens up, and just that standpoint of like if you play Darnold and an eight k wide receiver versus one of these eight k quarterbacks and a four k wide receiver, you probably come out ahead, right? Because Darnold, like the four k wide receiver, you're typically pretty stoked if they get sixteen points. You're like, oh nice, they Rashid Shaheed, Curtis Samuel got me sixteen points, eighteen points, whatever. Um, whereas Darnold could get you 22 to 25. And then you, you know, actually have like maybe a higher ceiling on the Jamar chase, AJ Brown type plays and the high priced quarterback. So uh, no, I think he's interesting, you know, and he looked good in training camp and uh, there was even talk from San Francisco beat, beat reporters of like, Hey, maybe Sam Darnold is going to start over Brock Purdy, which that, you know, Shanahan was like not a chance, but uh, you know, beat out Trey Lance, who the 49ers still kind of liked. And uh yeah he looked good in Carolina last year so I think that in this offense it's so quarterback friendly um you know look at look at the Texans right you can't sack with their offensive coordinator coming from San Francisco Bobby Slowick you can't sack CJ Stroud even though they don't have a great offensive line uh Nico Collins and Tank Dell are both like top 12 in the NFL in yards per route run in this offense like guys are just open the ball comes out quickly uh so yeah no I think Darnold's interesting and I think that um one of the things people will overlook is that the Bengals are are lights out against alpha options on the offense. They're really good against number one wide receivers and have been as long as Lou rumo has been there. So um, I think that people kind of maybe gravitate more toward Ayuk than they should, and not as much toward Kittle as they should. We know about Kittle's splits without Debo um, six games since the start of 2021. Three of those have been 12 to 13 point games. Uh, one of those was a 25 pointer. One of those was a 33 pointer. One of them was a 42 pointer. So uh yeah I think that the Kittle CMC Darnold that whole pack there is interesting to me.
1: Sometimes uh you know just having a couple of years as a backup is just the ticket that a player needs. I, mean, I knew that was time to find success. <laughs> and speaking of more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze and can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. So, you know, we kind of touched on all the, the higher implied point total teams. There are some teams with lower implied point totals, that are in like lower total games, but the the spread is a little bit closer. Um, Which, which of those games, I guess, you know, anything in particular from lower point total games, it's like sticking out to you.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, Derek Carr has 20 plus DraftKings points in back-to-back games with only one touchdown thrown in both of those. And he's capable of having a three touchdown game, right? So all of a sudden one of those becomes a 28, 29 pointer. Uh, Desmond Ritter plus Drake London would have kept you on a 200 point pace. Three of the last six weeks. They're playing this Tennessee team that, you know, tilts opponents toward the air and and typically isn't good at stopping opponents through the air. And then even Mac Jones, uh, there's just a lot that lines up, you know, Patriots are actually 11th and drive success rate on offense, which is really good. It's just these turnovers and these boneheaded mistakes, right? But um, dolphins have not been good at generating turnovers. They're 27th and drive success rate teams have to pass against them. So Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, I think that's another interesting one. And all of those like, they're not materially more expensive than Sam Darnold, and I see this as a week where the presence of Darnold at 4,300 is going to suck all the ownership away from those guys, and so those guys become even more interesting to me because uh, the ownership goes lower and the ceiling is, you know, just as high as as what Darnold could end up putting up. Yeah,
1: um, I don't know. Like speaking of more memories are made, I, I I literally can't remember last time I saw an NFL game with both teams having an implied point total less than twenty. Which is a situation in Atlanta and Tennessee. Uh, I, like Desmond Ritter and and Drake London are are underpriced, but I almost want to say like if they if they beat me like consistently with an implied point total of below twenty, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I I'm not sure if I'm that high on the on that game, but you know I, I can see it. Like from a price considered perspective, I think it might be more of a DraftKings play than a Vandal play. Like you you generally don't need that much. Price efficiency um, on, on FanDuel,
2: no, agrees, hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, I primarily play DraftKings, so if I'm throwing something out there, that's how, that's where I'm seeing it for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And and Sam Darnold actually kind of fits into that core category too, because I think he's going to be six thousand on FanDuel I, I forget the exact price, but generally the quarterbacks don't go below six thousand, uh, and that's not as much of a savings as like a a forty three hundred, forty one hundred dollar quarterback.
2: Yeah, for sure, um, for sure.
1: I'm interested, you didn't mention C.J. Stroud in the the narrative game uh, against Carolina. Uh, I know like, Carolina's got a bad defense, tends to be more of a bad rushing defense. So, like, maybe Damian Pierce is in play. But there's the narrative that, you know, the Panthers skipped over Stroud in, in the draft, you know, traded up to get uh, Bryce Young instead. Uh, and I feel like you've been generally pretty high on the Houston offense this year.
2: Yeah. So my, my drawback on the Houston offense, we've got this 44 pass attempt game week one 47 week two in games that Houston lost in games. They were trailing the whole time. Uh, since then 30, 30, 35, 27 uh, Panthers faced the highest opponent rush play rate in the NFL. So my, my projections for CJ Stroud is around 30 pass attempts, um, which puts Nico and tank Dell in like the four to seven target range um and i just think that like that's going to be more popular than i necessarily want to go toward at that type of volume uh at the same time my first practice build of the week had cj Stroud on it so i'm not totally off the spot um i just think that the volume it's going to be tough for him to like put up a 30 pointer you know in a spot where he's probably throwing the ball 27 to 30 times uh really like damian pierce whom nobody's going to be on and um you know there's there's plenty to dig into there but um yeah no I mean I like the Texans offense and I would be fine with any pieces of the Texans offense but uh volume is kind of the main concern for me with with Stroud.
1: Yeah I was as actually going to like write up a, a blurb on this game as you know like thinking oh Nico Collins is probably the the natural pairing partner for for CJ Stroud. I think he is tank Dell is a possibility like nowhere near as cheap as he was to to open the season. Uh Nico Collins has the like most yards per catch in the NFL this season, like almost two yards more than Tyreek Hill. Like that was a a stat I found surprising. Um, but I I will probably aim again to like maybe at five percent of that game, but it's a more fun percent, more fun like five percent than the DAC five percent. Yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I think it has like it has possibilities, and I, I do I think Damien Pierce is another call. It's pretty interesting. Uh, because what if, what if it's not a split back split backfield? Like we would have been shocked at the beginning of the year to see Damien Pierce against a really bad rushing defense, really cheap and not, not very highly owned. So I'm not sure why more people aren't going there. So that's a, a call I'm interested in. Um, hot takes before I forget. Um, any hot take for the week?
2: Uh, why don't you go first? I'll have to, let me, let me cook up one.
1: Sure. Um, so my hot take, it's not, not scorching hot, but. Just that I think Brandon Powell outscores Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson.
2: I love that. I love that. Uh, Brandon Powell, also the punt returner for the Vikings. So you could uh, double up Powell plus Vikings defense. Um, I will go ahead. um, What what do they have there? I don't know. I don't know if I have a hot take this week. I'll say Calvin Ridley is going to outscore Christian Kirk by 10 points on DraftKings this week.
1: So that's, that's actually an interesting one. So I think Jacksonville is being somewhat overlooked. Um, We've had weeks this year where Jacksonville is pretty popular. uh, And this week, I think it looked like Zay Jones was coming back and now it looks like he's not. And, and I know like the one week season write up um, had some kind of thing about press coverage that, you know, I think that like Calvin Ridley generally does pretty well against uh, press coverage and the, you know, he doesn't do well against press coverage, <laughs> um, and uh, but he's probably gonna, not going to be facing a lot of it this week, I guess, like Pittsburgh plays the least uh, in the league. So it's a, like, I'm not that interested in the Pittsburgh side. Like I think Deontay Johnson's going to see a lot of ownership, and I always just think of him as a, a good median point projected scorer. Like He's going to get some receptions in yards, probably not find the end zone, um, and like he won't kill you on a point-per-dollar basis, but he's not going to win you a tournament either, um, kind of like a poor man's Keenan Allen. Um, or poor Mance Keenan Allen coming into the year.
2: Yep, yeah, um,
1: 100%. Yeah, but I do. I, I think Jacksonville could be a team that I'm interested in because I think they're going to see lower ownership, single-digit ownership, probably more of a multi-field you know, interest than a, a single-entry interest. Even, even in single-entry, I could see – like you wouldn't be shocked if Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley broke the slate. Everybody was rushing to play Calvin Ridley at higher prices earlier in the year. Like, he's still the same wide receiver. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that's an interesting call.
2: Yeah, well, the Calvin Ridley thing, it and I'll have him on some single entry rosters this week for sure. Um, it like it contrasts perfectly with the, with what you were saying about Deontay Johnson. People like playing Deontay Johnson because when they look through his game logs, they see double digit points across the board. I mean, his highest score last year was twenty points. Not to see that he can't get above that this year, but uh, you know, you're like, oh, 11 points, twelve points, fourteen points. Whereas Calvin Ridley, you have a twenty two pointer and a twenty seven pointer, uh, but then also. Uh, you know, like the whatever he's got—the two pointer and the five pointer. Let's see, he's got a five pointer, a seven pointer, a one point five pointer. Um, but no, he sets up well in this matchup against a Steelers team that has gotten scorched for big plays. And Calvin Ridley is the big play guy on this offense. So yeah, that's one that I like. I mean, this mid-range of price County on DraftKings—you have got T. Higgins, who's fifty-nine hundred, and nobody wants to to play him, right? Like, because again, people look at the game logs, and I do. Um, I don't know if you've watched my DFS Lab show that I do, but it's me and my nephew Keegan and the concept there is that Keegan's been playing DFS like somewhat casually but trying to get good at it for a couple of years and so he's kind of like the proxy for the audience of people who are newer to DFS right and one of the things that I've noticed is the first thing Keegan does when he's thinking about a player is he clicks on their game logs and that's what a lot of casual players do and so you click on T Higgins game you know projection system it's like oh it's a new year and T, T. Higgins has done this um, you know three straight bad games is what you see plus a zero in the game that he missed. But what, what was that in reality and context? It was one bad game, then a game where he got hurt and then a game where he played limited snaps where he came back before he was ready, but they kind of needed him and he played limited snaps. So it's like one bad game and everybody's off of him. You know, he's got a 28.9 pointer on his ledger uh, he scored 26 plus in seven of 28 games, you know, since Jamar Chase was drafted. So, yeah, I think he's really interesting too. Um, kind of in this in this mid range of wide receivers on DraftKings, where there's a lot of really interesting wide receivers.
1: It's interesting. It's like the week of the forgotten man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Calvin Ridley and T. Higgins is a, is a great one. Like, yeah, I, I mentioned being interested in the Cincinnati San Francisco game. I forgot T. Higgins was playing in that game because he's. He's and like I love playing those players, like the guys that that come back and we're kind of thinking about them. Like, oh, like I want to get T Higgins my, into my roster. He's back this week, and he totally disappoints. The, then his price drops the following week when the guy is healthier. Nobody wants to play him. Oh, did you see what he did last week? He did nothing, right? Um, you know, and like, yeah, I think Jamar Chase is going to see a lot of ownership, and I'm i interested in playing Jamar Chase. Absolutely, like that, yeah, yeah. Like that San Francisco game has like a wide range of outcomes. Like people aren't going to play at T Higgins, but he's. Yeah, he's probably like if you want to fit like Christian McCaffrey onto your roster, like you might need to be playing T. Higgins instead of Jamar Chase, depending on on what else you're you're going with. Um, so yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting call.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ridley T. Higgins, that's like sixty seven hundred dollar wide receiver, seventy two hundred dollar wide receivers a few weeks ago, and now they're in the five k range and will have low ownership to boot.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so one one last game like New Orleans and and uh, the Colts you kind of mentioned Derek Carr. Like, is that, is that a game you think you'll you'll be interested in? Um, I don't know. I can see it. It's indoors. Got a close spread. It wasn't really on my radar, but yeah, it's kind of growing on me that, well, why, why, why not that game? Like, why not the indoor environment? Like if Derek Carr's again, like one week removed from the shoulder injury, you've got Alvin Kamara there, Chris Like, you've got players who can break a game open. Why couldn't it be that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, Alave has got a game of 96 yards, a game of 86 yards, a game of 104, a game of 112. Um, he's capable of putting up one of those 150-yard games. He's got five touchdowns in his whole career, right? But that doesn't mean that he can't put up a two-touchdown game. So yeah, it's one of those where we haven't – we still haven't seen it yet with Chris Alave, but it can happen, and it will happen at some point. Uh, we haven't seen it yet with Derek Carr, and this is a, a Colts defense that has been hit for some big games through the air. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side, like I am pretty much across the board multiple years. Like I just kind of cross off offenses against new Orleans because they don't typically have big games, but I kind of have the Colts in the, um, the 2017 Astros bucket where it's like, if you just stack them every week, regardless of opponent, you're probably going to make money over time by doing that. Right. Like, what I've said is you, you can't run against Tennessee, and then Zach Moss had a huge game against Tennessee. You can't run against Baltimore. Zach Moss had a huge game against Baltimore. You can't pick up yards against the Browns. The Colts picked up a ton of yards against the Browns. So just this Shane Steichen offense, his aggressive mindset, his willingness to attack and attack and attack. Uh, they're kind of one of those like, yeah, I'm going to have uh, as much as much <laughs> dak as I have. I'll have that much Gardner, Minshew, and Colts, even though the matchup's bad just because you're like – who knows with this team, like on a random week, they're going to have a big game. And I want to, I want to start being there every time that it happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, maybe another forgotten man. Like, yeah. Uh, the whole theme of the week. I'm glad we like hit on a theme or, or like practically building a roster. We're <laughs> yeah. doing the show. But yeah, it's the forgotten guys like Taylor, Damien Pierce, you know, T Higgins, Calvin Ridley, uh, interesting roster. We've got to find a quarterback for that team. Um, but yeah. So that'll just about wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts on the week?
2: Thirteen games, man. Lots to sort through. Um, if you guys are watching this, you're a step ahead because you're kind of getting deeper into sorting through like how the different players match up. But yeah, the, the most complicated thing on a week like this is everything can it can feel like oh, there's so much to like. So you got to start kind of pushing in a little bit more on on some of these spots and see which ones you like, which ones you should actually like more, or which ones have if everything's kind of equal, which one has a greater strategy edge. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot that we can do this week and a lot to like on this week for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. Actually, it was a week that. Like previous weeks, I've been struggling to find guys. I got to tag them in, in lineup HQ. Like this week, it's like, oh, I've got like six guys. And now I have eight. All right, now I, I really need to cut some out, but I don't know who to cut out. And like, and then we just hit on a few more on this show. And I think, like, I think any of these guys is actually like viable for single entry. Um, and I do, I think it'll be an interesting week. Like, if you, you know, if you've got the courage to, to maybe get away from some of the higher owned quarterbacks like, in single entry, like I, there's nothing wrong with playing Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Like Patrick Mahomes, but there are there's a lot of viable quarterbacks that I think, you know, could be in a game that we're in a game environment that shoots out. So should be an interesting week. Uh hopefully do well and we'll catch you guys next week.